Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. We've been talking about a lot of intense science throughout the time we've been doing this over the last year. And Nurse Michelle is not known for ever bringing anything before you that I don't feel like I can support or back. But you know what? Um, I've been called a conspiracy theorist. I've been called a person that has misinformation. And I've been censored for it and punished. And I, I'm more than half of 100 years old, and I've gone through this life. And I have evolved over the 56 years with different ideas and what I would call growing up. I have grown up, and at 56 years old, I would like to say that I've earned my place at the table having a conversation about various things. And you know what? Some of the things I might talk about, you might 100% disagree with. And and we run into people all the time that 100% disagree with us. And if they're really aggressively disagreeing with us, what do we do? We tend to not make them our dear friend, right? Because we can't really have good conversations. But those that we tend to align with, we tend to hang with, is that you get together with people that have something in common with you called blood relatives, right? And you get together with blood relatives, but you may not actually have worldviews that are similar. So contentious moments can happen because of those situations. And you realize that even people that blood you have in common, you know, blood is sometimes not thicker than water because your spouse and you may actually be more aligned with worldviews and the way that you look at the world or make decisions. And obviously the, even the creator of all heaven and earth um, knew that to be equally yoked with a spouse meant that you would have similar worldviews, similar religious practices, and possibly even coming from similar backgrounds because it's, you know, it's proven that marriages aren't as successful that come from extreme differences, maybe wealth versus poverty or something like that. But there's plenty of people that contend that opposites do attract, but do they actually make the best marriages? And that the Lord has shown us that, you know, equally yoked seems to be a good combination. And so we tend to pick friends like that. But our families aren't always equally yoked, right? Because everybody's different. If you've listened to Nurse Michelle long enough, you know that I say that your life is very valuable. Your your purpose here on this earth is relevant. You may be feeling like you're not relevant, but your fingerprint has never been here before and it's never going to be here again. It is here for such a time as this. And if you've lived as long as I have, you realize just how fast that time starts to go by. And you realize, um, oh goodness, you know, am I doing what I really want to be doing on this earth? Am I impacting what I want to do? Is this toxic relationship that you may be in something you want to stay in? Or do these friends need to be eliminated from my life for my uh, remaining days? 
and you start to reflect on um, where you've been and where you're going. And it's a good thing to be reflective, at least, you know, at a minimum once a year to say, am I making my goals and things like that? So um, we've been doing some deep dives. And as a person who suddenly found myself censored for daring to try and teach people who came within my scope of influence and could hear my voice, how to survive COVID, um, a big wake up call came to me that somehow teaching something that was known allopathic medicine, like iodine is effective at mitigating uh, uh, viruses of the upper airway, that we know that iodine is effective at cleaning surfaces before you go into a surgery. They're going to make sure to wipe down your surgical site. And uh, most good hospitals that want to make sure they don't have MRSA killing you um, will make sure that they swab your nose with iodine and your throat, your mouth with iodine once you're unconscious before they put their equipment in because they don't want what you got getting inside their machinery. So that's just known, documented, um, published information. But for some reason, when Nurse Michelle started putting that kind of information out there, whoever the they are that are the censors and the fact checkers, um, they didn't like that very much when I said that it looks like iodine is effective at mitigating COVID. And as you know, in the uh, the AmericaOutloud.news shop, you can get Cofix RX iodine nasal, nasal spray and throat spray. And I also wrap the uh, immune mist iodine nasal and throat spray that I always put in my show notes that if you want to look at both of them. So we know a lot of things and we've been trying to teach people what can help them. But there is another camp out there that believes in what is called the terrain theory versus the germ theory. So Nurse Michelle and most nurses are um, trained in what's called the germ theory and that is the way we all are used to talking. And if you're in my audience, you're probably used to, you know, talking about chickenpox, the virus, or um, COVID, the virus, flu, the virus, etc. And that's how we have a conversation. But people that are in the terrain theory come at it from a completely different perspective, and it will blow your mind. Okay. And I'm gonna. I have a special guest that's going to be with me today, and it's Jacob uh, Diaz. And he is basically called on Instagram, the undercover virologist. And he's a young man that has a background in um, law, not law, I'm sorry, in in um, police work. And um, he's. I'm going to let him tell you exactly what he used to do and what he does do. But it's security, private security, law enforcement ha- is his background. But just like my nurse Michelle and many of you out there listening, when the country went woke around COVID and everything seemed like the world went mad and insane. And all of a sudden we're being shut down and we're talking about six foot distancing and then we're having BLM riots and somehow the six foot distancing didn't matter. And then we have this transgender um, thing that's starting to be pushed down our throats. And the next thing you know, um, a man is called the woman of the year during since you know covid happened you you start to say something is up houston and it looks like everything that's being promoted matches confusion and um, undermines maybe what you have been thinking all your life that it should be no surprise that people that start questioning germ theory and the terrain theory people start coming onto the stage and having conversations and making us question other things. And you know what? 
it should be okay that in the evolution of your life, that you should come up with ideas that maybe are different from what they were when you were younger, or that, you know, um, you start saying, you know what, I once upon a time believed that abortion was okay in certain circumstances, but you know what, I'm better read now. And I think differently, right? That there's a, that we should have grace for each other. And we shouldn't be being um, shut down and stopped from being able to be heard. And the person you're going to hear today may actually say something that you're like, no way can that be accurate. But this is what I want to give you a chance to do is I want you to accept that if your culture that you're living in right now, wherever you are, is okay with saying that little boys who decide that they're actually girls can actually do that and we can start altering their futures and changing their ability to procreate in the future because we're going to give them hormones because we've decided that's okay, then I want you to just consider that. There's another group of censored people called the terrain theory people. And I want y'all to hear what they think and what angle they come from. And then I trust that you have a thinking mind and are fully capable of coming to your own conclusions. So I'm going to put it before you. I'm going to put Jacob before you as an opportunity to hear his side and let you expand your mind and at least be familiar with what the germ theory versus terrain theory actually is. And he does have a nurse wife who aligns with him and is like-minded. So welcome to the show, Jacob, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about all the things that completely are different from what, you know, we've all been taught in the medical community, and I can't wait for the audience to hear what you have to say about this. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, first thing I'd love for you to do is just give us a basic intro of what is terrain theory. <clears throat> Basically, uh, the terrain theory, the terrain paradigm, explains disease from an exactly opposite of what germ theory says. What we believe in our camp believes is that germs like bacteria, fungus, yeast, actually proliferate as a result of a diseased state. Whether that be a toxin or an accumulation of waste or a mineral deficiency, an emotional stressor, a physical stressor, that is the disease. The body then sends in the cleanup crew, also known as microorganisms, to eat the dead and dying tissue to remove it from the body to find homeostasis, whether that be to remove the waste, to get more nutrients in the body, to uh, make the pH uh, more alkaline or less acidic. That is what the action of these microbes do. So but germ theory says when these things start to eat the dead and dying tissue that that's the disease we need to kill these guys whereas from our side we say they're responding to the disease and the root cause is what they are responding to okay so you refer to them as they are responding so what are they correct. that they can see under that, the microscope right what is correct that? So the, those things that you see under the microscope, bacteria, fungus, yeast, are the microbes that live naturally in our bodies, our skin, our tissues, or even our blood has shown not to be sterile in some cases. They eat all of this stuff that we eat, uh, whether that be food from our mouth, the bacteria begin to digest it. Our gut, our gut microbiome has trillions amount of bacteria. They digest the food to make nutrients for us. So what they're doing is they're actually keeping us alive. So when our waste accumulates, say, in the liver, say, in the kidneys, say, in the lungs, what does the body intelligently do? It sends in one inflammation to get more blood into the site. It then sends the bacteria in. Let's eat the dead and dying tissue. 
And then when we remove this dead and dying tissue, it becomes symptoms. And those symptoms will relate to where the disease is. So if your lungs are toxic, what's going to happen? You get pneumonia, you get the flu or cold or whatever we call COVID. If uh, your liver is toxic, you start to get issues with the blood, you start to get issues with your stomach, with your bowel movements. So it's all aligned to what's happening in your body. And we want to help the body heal, not stop the symptoms, which is what many people want to do. Okay, so that is a really interesting um, way to come at it. Um, because we know that people who did not do well with COVID also tended to have obesity mm -hmm. or pre-morbid situations that before COVID hit them, they actually had bodies that were more broken. And let's yep. just go over that. So my whole family Correct. came down with COVID at the same time in July of 2020, four kids and two adults. And um, my spouse never really had any medical conditions, hardly ever. And he was sick about five days and was able to whip it. And my kids who are young and healthy um, did really well. Now I have a son with a pacemaker and he's really healthy, but he happens to have a heart that is malformed and has to have a machine make it, tell it to beat. So I thought he was going to be a really high risk person, but he actually was shooting baskets by the third day and was doing just fine. Um, we all do eat the same food in the same family, right? Um, but the asthmatic child, I thought, is she going to be vulnerable? But she happened to be taking a budesonide on a regular basis anyway mm -hmm. that proved to be something that was effect good for the lungs in COVID. Yeah. So I thought, oh, is that why she did okay? But um, she had really bad vertigo. Um, but I have about 15 different diagnoses, and I ended up in the hospital. And at that point in my life, most of the doctors, you know, pretty much said that what's wrong with my body can't be fixed. Well, since <laughs> then, I have learned that there is nutritional ways that I can actually mm -hmm. repair my body. So I have done really well changing my thinking about how I take care of my body. Obviously, going and getting a pill to take care of a symptom isn't yeah. fixing the actual problem. So then would you say that germ theory people, I'm sorry, um, terrain theory people <clears throat> contend that, um, that you... Do your microbiome is working for you and that nutrition is working for you and that the real problem is actually a, a body that is, out, like you said, out of balance yeah. and be brought back in balance. And that there, but you also agree that there's people who have conditions they're born with that may make them more prone to being victim of these things that we call germs. Correct. I think, um, um, and that's a very important nuance take is there are going to be people that do have pre-existing conditions, whether that be from a tra traumatic birth issue or vaccinations, where they develop over time really bad illnesses that then doesn't allow their body to respond adequately to the point where they can become a victim to the healing. But what doctors will then do is then prevent that healing from ever occurring, which then necessitates even more healing and even more healing, which then becomes chronic to the point where your body's not removing all that waste properly, which then leads to at year 45, 50, you get cancer. So all of these things are linked. You have to allow the body to heal, but you have to listen to the patient as well. If they are, if they can't handle it, if they're in an issue where it's life or death, acute issue, then you can, you know, maybe use an antibiotic, right? To help save their life. Do I advocate I just, for the use? Yeah. I do I advocate surgery. for the use of that uh, normally? No, I do not. But yeah. in, a, in acute situations, there are going to be certain instances where that can be helpful. But on the flip side, 
there are a lot of different natural remedies like herbs, like a lot of like even turpentine, which I use regularly now, that has been shown to help clean a site properly and be a supposed quote unquote antibiotic, which is just really cleaning a site without giving you the side effects of an antibiotic. So there's there's different takes. Oh yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm I'm with you on not wanting to ruin my microbiome, and I know <laughs> that during my worst years, I didn't, I was not doing well because <laughs> I kept being given antibiotics for every single kidney stone, and before yeah. I knew it, I had all these other medical problems. So it's no surprise to me that it, once the microbiome got out of whack, that other things would start to fail in my body. So when I had emergency hip surgery just recently, I'm like, oh please tell me you get, I I do not want antibiotics. And they said, oh, ma'am, we are not putting a drill into your bone from the outside world without putting inside your veins <laughs> some antibiotic to prepare for this, you know, whatever's in the atmosphere. Because in hospitals, the most known germ is MRSA, the one, most deadly one. And the reason why it is so deadly is because it's been exposed to so many different kinds of antibiotics and it lingers and it keeps building more and more resistance to the to the weapons that they try to kill germs with. And it's become um, resistant and you can, it'll end up usually taking out the person. So I'd love to see what your thoughts are on MRSA, you know, the hospital yeah. evolved virus. So we actually have talked about that a little bit in our chat. We do have a terrain chat. It's really just for terrain practitioners, people like myself that are you know researching terrain. And a lot of us have found that MRSA naturally resides in the nose of basically almost all people on this earth. So what germ theory says is, and there's a guy named Robert Koch, who a lot of, of microbiology is attributed to him and his rules, also Louis Pasteur. He said that germ, the germ that causes disease should not be found in healthy hosts and should only be found in those that are sick. Yet we find things like E. coli, streptococcus, we have MRSA, we have pneumonia, we have TB bacteria, naturally in our bodies at pretty high numbers. And when you start to use cortisol drugs and a lot of antibiotics, then you start to see the issues with MRSA. Then you start to see the issues with C. diff. So is it the germ itself that is causing the disease or the toxic drugs that are you're giving to the patients that then necessitates a response in the body? Oh, yeah. I mean, you see why I wanted him to come on here. Because literally, we all are aware, we know Dr. Peter McCullough has written his book mm -hmm. about the um, COVID, the courage to face COVID and how the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex is very likely to blame for why we all have so much illness in our country. But also, they've gained so much power because they have successfully convinced American people. And then when the laws changed and all of a sudden they were allowed to start advertising their drugs on mm -hmm. TV, that there is a problem in America where a lot of people are just sitting and watching television all the time. So they became influencing the American people's thinking processes like, oh, all these problems that I have, they've got this beautiful advertisement for how it's <laughs> yeah. going to end all my suffering. And at the very end of the commercial, it says the 25 things that this drug can do to you, including kill you, die and paralyze you and, you know, brain damage you for permanently or whatever. You know, they say that at the very end, and you're like, oh, that little extra at the end that 10 years from now, the FDA will tell us oh, after they've made all their money on the drug. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's carcinogenic. Then, oh, yeah. <laughs> have to pull that drug from the market because it looks no. like it took us 10 years to figure out that it killed people or harmed people mm -hmm. or made, like the thalidomide or something like that. Mm -hmm. So cancer, here's the, something I want to say about that, that people we do hear even from the allopathic germ theory side that all of us have within us cancer cells and that 
something happens that causes it to activate. And, you know, you'll hear them say that and you're like, okay, well, that kind of sounds like the terrain theory people that contend that, yeah, those cells are there. So here's a thought on the COVID vaccine that we know that something within the COVID vaccine apparently um, suppresses the cancer suppressor gene. And so here's this cancer suppressor that's supposed to be in our bodies that God put there. Mm -hmm. And this vaccine keeps that from suppressing the cancer. So this thing that's already here, we've put a artificial thing inside of our bodies, allowed them to put it in. I didn't take it, of course, but um, I'm sure you did not either. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but those that did, let's just say that those who admit that everybody has cancer genes, cancer potential in their body, if it's really true, then the suppressor has been suppressed and now it can take over. And maybe that's why we're seeing the turbo cancers. That's the theory that's out there. Mm. Or people like my sister who have had breast cancer, if she had taken that COVID vaccine, she may have had a rapid evolution of a return mm. of her, her cancer. So what do you, what do you have to say about that <clears throat> in the last few minutes before the break? Of course. Um, basically uh, I believe that cancer um, contrary to what the germ theory says is a very intelligent thing that the body does at its final stage of healing. The Biggleston brothers, Harvey Biggleston, Dr. Harvey Biggleston and others, I'll cite them later, they regard cancer as a sort of mold when the body becomes to a point where it begins to decay essentially. So the body begins to degrade. And these tumors that we call you know, rogue cells or whatnot, even though all cells are specific to the body, it doesn't make sense that a cell here would then become cancerous there. When cells begin to degrade, they become tumors, which is essentially a pocket of toxicity. So if you prevent your body from removing waste over time, as I said, taking these antibiotics, being exposed to radiation, eating bad food, becoming extremely acidic, what is the body going to do? It's going to continue to push the toxins away from the necessary organs into the fatty deposits. That's one of the reasons why many women actually have a higher cancer risk than men because they have more fat in their bodies. So, and of course the mammograms every year. So when the body begins to remove all that waste into pockets of cells that we call tumors, essentially the body becomes too backed up. The lymphatic system becomes backed up. Everything becomes backed up. The liver, the kidneys can't function and you start to develop cancer. Um, and I believe that these vaccines as well, we did do a deep dive in this with the end of COVID summit. The ingredients we find in these shots is ridiculous. Um, I'm not sure um, about the whole, you know, suppressing the cancer gene. What I would say though, is that almost every single ingredient that has been seen in these shots has been shown to be carcinogenic. And if graphene nanoparticles and high metal content is found in these shots, that is enough right there to cause cancer in so many people. And I unfortunately have been seeing a lot of people close to my family, friends throughout the couple of years that got the shots, develop highly aggressive cancers in their kidneys, livers, lungs, leukemia, you name it, they got it. And I would say that's mainly because heavy metals like graphene should not be in the blood, period. Okay, you said something that I know is going to get you in trouble. And you said fat is higher in women. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what you're saying there. Is it because women are curvy and they have parts that are just curvy? No. And that's why they are because I see plenty of big men running around. That's true. I would say because naturally, I would say women naturally have a little more fat than men, mainly because of the breasts and uh, everything else in the body, protecting okay. the, the sac that the, the baby grows in the womb. So the body then has more in store to push the waste in. Oh, right. Yeah, that's men don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've told many women that when they hit their forties plus, they're like, Oh, I've got this new tummy fat. And I'm like, Oh, the Lord <laughs> meant for you to have that so that you could, it was a good yeah. place to store hormones as your ovaries start to decline. Yep. You, you're going to still need some things. So don't be getting so skinny in your old age that you don't exactly. have like fat on your body. So that I just had to address that. Cause I know that some women probably just bristled as soon as what you, do you mean? <laughs> I did not mean anything bad. <laughs> be very careful there. So that yeah. is just so funny. So, but when we come back, we can address the things like, chickenpox virus, mm -hmm. the black plague, mm -hmm. and other things that have happened in our history that we all think, okay, well, this is why vaccines came on the scene. Because obviously, as a person who has been um, proudly called an anti-vaxxer, it's, and I've told people there's there's a, about four ways that an anti-vaxxer is made. And it is having a child that's either injured, handicapped, or dead from a vaccine, or you're lucky enough to have known about a story like that and you went and got yourself informed and you were informed enough to make an informed decision that it was dangerous. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about that when we come back about the vaccines and the and the role that they're playing in harming our culture versus um, helping our culture and why you think that's the case. And then also we can talk about when we come back, the, the, the summit that you just referenced and some training courses that people who are into this can actually get some uh, courses on it called the end of COVID. And um, we can talk about that as well. But before we break, I just want to say, um, be sure to check out the Nurses Out Loud um, at show page because his show will be found there. And anything that we talk about, whether it be his Instagram account called Undercover Virologist or whether it be his podcast, why don't you tell us what the name of that podcast is? Germs Are Friends. Germs Are Friends. You can find it on Spotify. So we can put that in the show notes as well. So you can get a link to that. If you want to hear a little bit more, just kind of deep dive and expand your thinking because uh, on Nurses Out Loud, we do not assume that you can't hear something and must be censored from it because you're not capable of making an informed decision. We believe in the freedom of speech and that this is America. That's the beauty of why people flood over the borders to get here is that you can actually have an opinion like Jacob has and others like him and, and, and say it out loud and other, other people can actually come and decide for themselves. And we want you to make an informed decision. So in just a few moments, we will be right back after this commercial break. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. With the rise of independent media, we are now America Out Loud News. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud, and we have us today a special guest, Jacob Diaz, who is a person who uh, talks and teaches people about and is a strong believer now in what's called terrain theory. And most of us out there talk in the germ theory world, and that means that when you get sick, you usually give it a word. You say, I have the flu, I have a cold, I have COVID, um, et cetera. My kids have chicken pox, et cetera. People do actually still say that, audience. There are people who still get that virus, and a lot of them are vaccinated, and they still get it. So just so you know, um, that is the normal conversation we're all addressing. And I thought I would start back with him uh, with a first point to say, what happened that woke him up, number one, that said, what in the world made me have to go down this bunny trail? And number two... What makes the people that are on the normal side, the germ theory side, go insane and, and come after you and start cussing you out? Because believe it or not, people, we are in a day and age where if you have a differing opinion, you're not allowed to say it. You're going to be cussed out and canceled. So I want to hear from him. If You can start with whichever one you want. What makes them crazy 
um, that you say, or if you want to start with what made you say, I have to go down this path. So I'll start with that one. Uh, what, okay. what, what woke me up, quote unquote, was mm -hmm. polio. Um, polio, um, a lot of the old generation is familiar with it. Um, and a lot of people modern day would attribute polio to one of the huge successes for vaccines, quote unquote. Um, when in actuality, I'm going to make it short and sweet, polio was caused by DDT, lead arsenic, and uh, Paris green toxins that were being sprayed on a lot of crops throughout the United States during the 1950s. They were never able to find any supposed virus in their experiments. And what they would do to try to prove infectiousness was they would take the goop from someone with polio, like a kid with polio, they took his brain, essentially, spinal fluid, taking that goop with all of that toxic exposure in it, and then inject it directly into monkey brains or to, into monkey spinal fluid. And then some of the monkeys would get sick, and some of them wouldn't, and they would say, oh, polio is an infectious disease, we know it. Yet, that's not how any sort of disease is ever spread. You don't inject somebody into the spine with any fluid. So when I started looking into that, into a bunch of sources like The Contagion Myth by Dr. Thomas Cowan, What Really Makes You Ill by Don Lester, Virus Mania, all these books, I started to piece it together. They lied the entire time and where the disease came from. It came from them spraying food with a neurotoxin that was used as a neurotoxin for many years prior to attack essentially bugs and, and make them paralyzed. So they didn't think, hmm, this paralytic chemical that we're spraying on fruit can make humans paralyzed. Well, they and then actually what they, even sprayed children. They actually sprayed children. They were spraying people in the face, in the beach, whatever. And what they would do is in the ninth, early 1950s, they would say, oh yeah, uh, par paralysis isn't very common in polio, this, that, and third. But then when it started really getting bad, and then they started vaccinating people with the vaccine that actually contained human embryonic kidney cells, one of the very first ones that contains aborted fetal cells and polio goop and glutaldehyde, all these heavy metals and chemicals, it actually started leading people getting polio developing this because you're injecting that neurotoxin into their blood. And then when they started, when that started happening, what did they do? The American Medical Association stopped diagnosing polio. Then they started saying, oh, don't diagnose polio. Um, it, it's sometimes paralytic, sometimes not. So what we're going to do is we're going to name them different diseases. And we're going to take doctor's licenses away for when they diagnose polio as polio, even if they were, and, and when they were vaccinated. So we'll say Guillain-Barr, We'll say Gulagaric's disease. We'll say ALS, all these different things that have very similar symptomatologies and then just call them different things. So that polio goes down, but all these other diseases start to rise and then no blame can go to the vaccine. I so that woke a, me up. I think there's a condition that um, is called, um, oh, what is it? Something myelitis. It has acute flaccid paralysis. That's or, it, that myelitis, one, yeah. acute flaccid myelitis. Yes. And it has all the same presenting symptoms of same what exactly. polio had in 1950s. It's just got a different name. It's still here. And also those of us who are in the anti-vax community, you know, which are very well-read people on the topic, mm -hmm. you have people uh, bringing to the public's knowledge that we still have polio outbreaks all over the world and they are from the vaccinated. It's a polio. Yep. It's a vaccine strain of polio. It's not like what happened in 1950s. In fact, there was during COVID, there was a outbreak of it in New York themselves, and they tried to bring a lot of negative attention to the Orthodox Jewish community there who were anti-vaxxers and blaming them for it. Did you know that? Because you're a New Yorker. 
Yes, I did. I did know that. Even though the Orthodox Jews, none of them were really getting sick. <laughs> I worked security for them during the time in one of their schools. Nobody was sick. Nobody. <laughs> so what do you think about that uh, supposed outbreak of polio during that epidemic? What I see is um, what they do. A lot of these scientists, quote unquote, I don't even like them calling scientists. What they'll do is they'll check water and feces, and then they'll look for genes or little tiny sequences of supposed viruses and then if they find it in the water or they find it in the in the poop they'll say there's an outbreak oh my god there's an outbreak of this x disease without ever showing any supposed virus or without ever showing people that were getting sick so that's what they did they did it in the uk too they had a polio outbreak right when they started vaccinating people people were getting sick and they were checking their poop or their water and then saying oh polio's back it's really just a result of their vaccinations and they're trying to pass blame to people that don't get vaccinated because that's what they do they've been doing it forever we're dealing with on Nurse News Analysis this week um, a specific issue that now the WHO has agreed with certain um, airports all over the world, all over this country and all over the world, to start doing um, testing, oral and nasal testing of all these people coming in and out of the um, airports. And those, it's voluntary, so you can sign up to do it, and we're discouraging people to do that, mm-hmm. to participate. But they're going to anyways, even if they won't, do get humans they're going to be doing the testing of the waste of mm-hmm. the the airports because obviously it's international waste right it's not like yeah. local community waste it's going to be internet reflecting international disease processes what do you think about that them wanting to look in there so uh, i i i'm not going to make it dorky for people listening but i'll give you an example with the pcr for covid-19 the PCR is testing for tiny sequences that they say claim for, come from a virus. Yet a meta-analysis from these sequences showed that we can find these same sequences in bacteria, in fungus, in yeast, and in human genetic material of all kinds. So the issue of you using a test to try to diagnose a virus of genetic material that exists in humans and all of nature is an issue because then everybody's gonna get positives. So the same holds true with tests that test for waste or that test in water. You don't know the providence or where these sequences are coming from. They can be a process from the test or they can be simply just sequences from waste. But then you erroneously claim these are proof of a pathogen, then you can um, justify a pandemic. You can justify mandates. You can justify quarantining people, which is exactly what they did with COVID. Exactly. Okay, so back to polio for just a moment. So here we are poisoning people. Okay, mm-hmm. I put it, spraying it on the food and spraying it directly on some people specifically. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, not everyone got paralyzed. So what would the terrain theory communicate about? Not only do we all believe we're all unique, what I just said at the beginning Correct. of the show, we all have a different fingerprint. I can eat peanut butter. A person, another person could die if they eat peanut butter. So what, what do you go with that with terrain theory? Again, I'm not going to be a broken record, but as you said, we're all different. Um, But when you look at the uh, the graphs, and not I'm not going to mention stats, but when they use DDT or lead arsenate, or they were spraying, they primarily sprayed it a lot of farmlands, a lot of towns that were surrounding farmlands, and then you see the epidemiology of when they sprayed or where they sprayed then polio would happen. Usually people that weren't in areas that were heavily sprayed didn't get polio. When they would travel like from New York City to upstate New York to a farm, they then would develop polio because they were in an apple farm that was just recently sprayed. So I would say really when it depends on your makeup, it depends how healthy are you? Can your body 
take in this poison, be exposed to it, and be able to remove it properly without ever being affected by its toxic properties that lead to paralysis. So that's why I really advocate for keeping the terrain, your body, healthy, prevention, eating right, good food, sunlight, moving, working out, positive emotions, all of that will lead to you to being exposed to a bunch of things and not getting sick. But if you're constantly eating bad food or taking drugs or negative mindset, you're going to get sick every three, four weeks. Yeah. Terrain therapy theory definitely um, contends that I, I'm, I'm taking from you that yeah. you could spray uh, 20 people with the neurotoxin. And because of their different unique body makeups, their different nutritional, their different, mm -hmm. different genetics, each of them are, are going to respond differently. Correct. But a neurotoxin is going to harm all of them to some yeah, degree. To some but, degree, yes. But how bad are you going to get? Correct? correct. Am I understanding you correctly? You're correct. Okay. Yes. So let me ask you this. When you're out there trying to be a speaker of it, we know how censored we are on Instagram and other platforms. Um, what makes the people that are germ theory absoluters um, just go crazy when it comes to terrain theory people? <laughs> so I, the, the people that usually hate me the most are the virologists, and that's a branch of germ theory because viruses, germs, all that stuff. And we, we do, our camp loves to question their methodologies because a lot of people listening will be like, oh, but he says viruses don't exist, but what about this disease? What about this disease? We don't say disease doesn't exist. Disease obviously exists, but we deny is the cause because they never able, they were ever able to prove the cause. They were never able to show an actual virus particle that is showing to be disease causing and replication competence in nature before showing it to cause any supposed disease. So what we'll do is we'll question their methodology. So what they like to do is they'll take like spit or lung fluid or uh, you know whatever, and then put it on a cell, usually a cancer cell or a monkey kidney cell that is very, very weak. And then they'll add some growth mediums. They'll add like three forms of antibiotics. They'll add a couple forms of antifungals. They'll add formaldehyde. They'll add all of these things, fetal calf serum, which is basically cow blood. And then they'll watch the cell break down into tiny particles without ever seeing the particles first. And then they see the particles and they say, oh, there's the virus. Yet we say, how do you know that that was there in the beginning without ever seeing it? And how do you know that what you added into the cell is what caused the breakdown of the cell? So they use that as proof of virus. And then they'll take that goop and use it as primarily for their vaccines. So when you start injecting that into people, then people get sick. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. All over. Okay. So when I was just recently at a health conference, um, there were opportunities for you to go and go get a serum analysis. You could, mm -hmm. they, they would prick your finger right there and, and test you right there. There's nothing going underneath the uh, microscope except for the blood. So yeah. if you are a terrain theory person and you put that drop of blood there, you're not adding anything to it. You're just going to look at it under the microscope. One of the things they were able to see is these people who are vaccinated, you can see some spike apparently right there in the blood. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's artificially injected into the blood. Yeah. There's nothing being added. So we know that, well, it's also from the COVID vaccine that the platelets start to stack on top of each other and they start making a coagulation issue. So I'm trying to think, obviously, when we look at red blood cells, we don't need, we don't add all these other things these in the medium and fetal mm -hmm. serum, serum to look at that, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not a laboratory specialist. We just do the basic labs. So you're saying that these people who are virologists who do these deep dives into studies of diseases, for them to get to the point where they can see something, 
are you saying they have they're required basically to add mediums to it to be able to visualize it it's, since it the works? 1950s by john franklin enders who was the first one to start doing this it's been that way and what people need to understand is if it's science it needs to follow the scientific method and one of the very first things for the scientific method is to have an independent variable meaning you have to have the thing that you say causes the thing but in the very beginning, you don't have that thing. You make an experiment to then get an effect. And then they claim, they make all these vast claims about it from that effect. So from what we've understood over the last four years of searching and researching all these things, this is what they do. This is the way they prove virus. They are required to do this to prove the virus is there. And then they make their claims after. Okay, so when it comes to COVID... You know, first cases showing up in America, mm -hmm. right? So they're putting something. What, what do you believe happened <clears throat> to be able to identify the COVID virus? Because people say it hasn't been identified. It hasn't been. Um, I can't remember what the wording, but you probably speak it. So go ahead. And yeah. So in, in, in the end of COVID summit, we do go every episode is basically every different stage of the pandemic. We did go into the first very isolations, quote unquote, of COVID-19. And they would do the same thing I just mentioned. They would take somebody that was Chinese that had some pneumonia-like symptoms. They would take their sputum and put a bunch of crap on it. A lot of antibiotics, antifungals, chemicals. They'll see an effect. They'll see some particles that look indistinguishable to other particles we see in nature that are not disease causing. And then they'll make vast claims. And then what they do is they they use that as proof that there is a new virus. And then they start to recategorize old symptoms as new symptoms. Oh, you have stuffy nose, you have cough, you have pneumonia-like symptoms, you have loss of taste and smell that's been known for hundreds of years. This is a new virus now. We're going to make you get a test that doesn't test for anything. We're going to make everyone who is sick or even not sick think they're sick. And then we're going to take all their rights away. Okay, here's a question. Do you yeah. contend as a terrain theorist person that the peep, that this is a, a weapon, like let's, let's just go back to the DDT, it's a chemical, neurotoxins yeah. in the body, that uh, something nefarious was actually <clears throat> intentionally done to the human. And so therefore, because something nefarious was done, there is something visibly there that, is, that has some symptoms that are bad meaning familiar, something that has been seen in the past. But now, because there's a uh, additive been intentionally done to harm people, like any kind of um, bioweapon would be, right? Yeah. That you would see harm done mostly to the weak, let's say. Like we, we, we before we said the sicker, mm -hmm. the heavier, the compromised. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think about that? So do I believe there was a bioweapon? No, I do not. Um, we looked into the gain-of-function studies. We looked into what they were doing in Wuhan in their labs. They weren't doing anything. What they were doing is exactly what I just talked about the last five minutes. They were combining cells and seeing effects and injecting ferrets and rats and poor mice. However, I do contend that there was a new supposed toxin, we say, introduced into the environment, in the, also known as millimeter wave technology, 5G. They started surrounding people with a radiation that we've never seen before. They scared people, they took their rights away, and then they made them get an, a real bioweapon in the vaccine. That is the bioweapon I would say is real. Um, do I think that they took a spike from a virus? No, because the computer models that were made from Moderna and Pfizer were completely in silico, meaning they didn't exist in nature, they made them in the computer. And then they got effects in the software and then they added their graphene and all that stuff. So I don't think they're injecting any supposed um, virus particle or virus spike, they're injecting a sequence they created. 
something that we don't know what it does in the body. And these spikes that we see in the cells, it's a very natural phenomenon to see cells spike when they're poisoned or irradiated in some type. So they need the graphene. They need the PEG. They need the polysorbates to make you sick, So, which is you know, what the body Very interesting. Is. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. ask you something about chickenpox, polio, and black plague real quick. And so that I have to go there. Um, but I want to <laughs> say to everybody that every time you think of why you need to have a vaccine, it's because you've been led to believe that once upon a time, millions of people died um, yeah. and they were dying in masses because of certain diseases. But if you are here living on this earth today, all of your ancestors um, lived through all of those diseases long before the vaccines were here. So mm -hmm. go pick up right there. Let's go with chicken pox. Pick, pick whichever one you want. And where. I mean, we'll go with chicken pox. Um, uh, that's one of my very first posts I made on my Instagram. And I highly suggest everyone look into it because I'm not going to you know, talk about the entire thing. But essentially, um, what we've seen with chicken pox as a childhood illness is that it's sort of a pruning process for the body, expelling a lot of accumulated waste that was found in utero. It's a pruning genetic material from the two parents and expels toxins through the skin because the skin is the most malleable organ in the body and the largest organ. So the pox is actually caused by a fibrin disturbance in the blood that leads to very thick blood and swelling, which then leads to the expulsion of hardened fibrin and is exacerbated by a lack of collagen, potassium chloride, and iron. So when you're, when you're lacking all those things, you start to you know, have hardened fibrin, and then the body removes it. Also, the kids, when they're starting to grow, it's a, it's a sort of pruning in the sense that when you're growing and you don't have enough collagen to supply the connective tissue, your body has all that waste and the injured, and, and injured uh, collagen and fibrin, it removes it every time you grow. It's actually known to be a growth spurt disease in Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine. So when they grow, you have a lack of collagen, let's remove all that fibrin, let's remove all that waste. And then yeah, it itches for a little bit, itches for like a couple days, maybe a week, and then you're better for it. Because we found that the kids that naturally get chicken pox have less cancer, have less cardiovascular disease, have less autoimmune disease. So your body is just allow it to do what it needs to do and you're going to get better and you're going to reap the benefits in the process. So why we know it's a, it's a growth spurt disease, infants and toddlers primarily get it when they're growing. And then Dr. Jennifer Daniels points out that with uh, older people, when they lack collagen and they're you know progressively getting shorter and shorter, they develop shingles, which is essentially the same thing. They don't have the, the connective tissue to repair the constant growth, essentially. And so they're removing this waste and it becomes what we call shingles. And they say, oh, it's because it's the chicken pox virus. No, what's happening is a growth spurt, whether it's getting taller or getting shorter, you don't have that connective tissue and your body removes the waste. That's it. Yes. Okay. So um, just like we say, as you're aging, a lot of things happen. The redox cell signaling molecules yep. are going down every 10 years. You're going to just keep losing 10% every year after you're going through puberty. So, so that's why we want to supplement and make sure our nutrition is good and that, you know, yep. And here on AmericaOutloud.news, you know, there's a shop that you can go to. All these natural doctors are here on the show that are promoting products like bee pollen and things like that. that can actually mm -hmm. benefit your body and help you as you're aging not to have these kind of problems with shingles. And I, it, there are some studies out there that say the, it's the chickenpox vaccine that is actually yeah. predisposing people to shingles anyway. Correct. So there's another artificial thing being injected into the human body. So that is great. Okay, what about smallpox? Let's do a quickie on smallpox. Oh my God. Uh, uh, smallpox was the post that it took me literally a month and a half to make because I was reading so many things. Um, essentially, making it short and sweet, 
people in, in, especially in Europe, where smallpox was a huge thing, they were disgusting. They would put their waste in their water. They would dump their waste in the road. They would feed cows soot and, and beer, and they would eat the milk, and they would eat horrible things. Their, their makeup was made out of high, heavy metals and chemicals. They were just sick people. So what happens is when you have all that accumulated toxicity, the lymphatic system, the kidneys, the livers all get jacked up. You get a rash, and then that's what we call smallpox. The the Edward Jenner was one of the one the first ones to make the smallpox vaccine. And in my post, whoever likes to read, um, he his uh, vaccines were primarily made out of cowpox, which was essentially farmers that would have like grease on their horse. They would clean grease and like crap from their horse and then they would milk the cows and all that goop would get into the udder and the udder would get you know pustules because it was sick and then he took those pustules from the cow and made it as a primary source for his vaccine then started injecting people that had smallpox with this vaccine and guess what happened they would die hundreds of thousands of people died from his shots that were primarily made from pus and heavy metals and all that stuff and then no one knows about it no one talks about it but when they started introducing hygienic reforms into the areas you know adequate waste removal good water good air no more chemicals where did smallpox go it went away because it was always a dirty disease yeah i'm i'm one of those that's old enough to have had a smallpox injection so i have the scar on my arm so oh, what wow. do i make of the people who actually got the smallpox injection <laughs> Man, Go what do I make? Them. I mean, you'll be, you'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. You're oh, not. No, you're not I haven't been. I'm yeah. a major medical. Yeah. I'm a major medical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they all made us believe. I don't remember if there yeah. was an epidemic at the time, supposedly going around yeah. America, because you would not think it would have been here in yeah. my lifetime. And yeah. I would say that the vaccine you got is probably a lot more refined than the one that Edward Jenner was. He he was taking legit cow mush from their udder and then putting stuff in it and injecting it directly into the blood. So I'm not saying the one you got is safe and effective, but it's more refined than the one he was given. Oh yeah. Sure. I wish I never got yeah. any, but I mean, of course, someone in my age group barely got any vaccines, yeah. um, but it's our kids right now, your children, because he's in yeah. his mid twenties. Um, he's the one who's going to be having the children who are facing 72 mandated vaccines that have increased up to 80 now because of the COVID vaccine. So he's already awake. He, his child, his children will be safe because he's going to yes. protect them. And I mean, if anybody starts to try and say we're coming for your kids, I mean, you know, war is going to break out. Yeah. This I is bet. America after all. <laughs> okay. So we, you mentioned something and I want to make sure we get it before we leave is yeah. um, we're going to have all this in the, in the show notes, but um, the end of COVID summit and Alex, uh, Zach, why don't you tell us a quick. Yes. Uh, Alex Zach, my good friend of the way forward, as well as, literally dozens upon dozens, almost a hundred different doctors from the terrain paradigm. We came together and we made the end of COVID summit. We go through a chronological order of the, of the pandemic, uh, what happened, what they isolated. And then we go through not only virology, but we go through germ theory history. And then we also go through the new paradigm of medicine, understanding the blood, understanding water, real healing, detoxification. It's like a hundred different episodes. We call it a terrain college, if you will. Um, and the end of covid.com is where you can go. We have a bunch of different, you know, free periods where you can watch it. Um, I believe I, I, I don't want to be quoted about the fee that you have to pay. It's somewhere between like 70 or like 100 bucks for, for it forever. So that, that's that's the fee. But I, I, honestly, it's worth it. It took months on end to make and it's worth educating yourself and obviously your family and your friends in the process. 
Oh yeah, we'll definitely put that inside my show notes because I am for everybody hearing both sides of the argument. And if we all remember when we go into courtroom, if you're ever unfortunate enough to have to be there, and I hope all of you who were mandated to get the vaccine and your body and health paid for you lost your job, I hope you're all going to end up in the courtroom and we're going to take them all down that forced it so it'll never happen again. But when you're in the courtroom, uh, there's always going to be two sides of the argument. The defense uh, is going to be there, and then there's going to be the those that are trying to prosecute. Okay, and they're going to all bring their experts to the table. And there's mm-hmm. this thing called the jury that has to consider all the facts, and then they decide in the end who they think presented the best facts. That's what we're doing here on Nurses Out Loud. We're just bringing to you both sides of the story. You're used to hearing about the germ theory. This is the terrain theory. This is part one. We may do this again and just come to another level. But I want to give you the opportunity to go out there to hit this link we're going to share to have the choice to go inform yourself and grow your mind. And if you're um, older, know it, know this, that whether you have tons of grandkids around you or whether or not you have, um, you're expanding your mind with classes like this, you are improving your brain and your outcome for health every time that you grow in knowledge. So use it to grow in knowledge. And any last words you'd like to say to us? The As Louis Pasteur, the father of germ theory said, the germ is nothing. The terrain is everything. Make sure you're healthy and you won't have to worry about getting sick. If you need to find more information about me, again, Undercover Virologist on Instagram, I'd be more than happy to answer questions, debate, whatever you want. Um, and please check a, take a look at my, uh, my podcast, Germs Are Friends. My first episode was about the Spanish flu, which is a very interesting topic to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a bunch like me on that I follow that you'll, you'll be able to find when you hit the like button. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, the, the, the statement that he said, be healthy, you pursue healthy, pursue wellness. It's literally up to you. If you go to your front door and open the door and I ask you who is there, the answer is nobody's there because nobody's coming to help you. Nurses Out Loud and AmericaOutloud.news is doing what we can to make sure you're better informed. But ultimately, what you learn is up to you to take that information and do something to take charge of your own health and do what you can to pursue wellness and health for yourself from the most natural sources possible. If it's real food, eat it. If it's if it sounds like it's coming out of cellophane, probably Don't not your <laughs> best choice. Yes, well, thank you so much, Jacob. Thank you. Wasn't that a deep dive into something new that can expand your mind and show you another perspective? AmericaOutloud.news is a fully uncensored news source, so someone like Jacob Diaz can actually speak forth the knowledge he has gained doing research he felt compelled, if not called, to do. And in doing that deep dive, he's now made himself an expert in a topic that is bringing to knowledge of the audience that hears him, something that opens your mind up to consider, you know, your own health, how you deal with medical issues with your body, and why you may be actually chronically sick. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and send your question to nurses at americaoutloud.com. Remember, we are in a war for truth. Until next week. It's time